I've got a real baller this morning. I've got the baller, <laughs> Donnell Pumphrey, the all-time leading rusher in FBS. Man, I appreciate your time. How are you? I'm good, man. Just just getting back to getting off this bye week, just trying to, you know, get ready for, for Northern Colorado this upcoming week. Yeah, now running back coach at Sacramento State University. Hey, you're still a you're pretty young guy, right? You're, you're 28 years old. Do these players know what you did? Oh, yeah, for the most part they do because I at times I try to show these guys um, some of my, my film so that I can kind of coach off of that because a lot of the times – you know, they kind of think I'm just talking just to talk. But, no, I try to, you know, show them that, no, I really – I lived this and I, I really done everything that, that I'm saying, which a lot of that stuff I've learned from previous coaches, you know. So it's just, you know, just giving back that that same exact knowledge that I was once given to me, and I'm just trying to give that back. Danielle, do you feel because uh, you are a young guy, you're like an older brother, you know, basically age-wise to a lot of these guys, that uh, you can relate in kind of a different way, whether it's – culturally or music or maybe experience a little more authentically because you're you know, so young? Oh, absolutely. I think that was a big part in, in, in the hire, if you ask me, um, just because of the fact that I can relate and just the fact that, you know, I'm a few years out of playing, you know, so, so it's just one of those things that I can, you know, because I think that with how college football is going, a lot of things have changed in, since, since the past, you know, and, and I think it's, it's a new college football about and and you know i think that i'm one of those guys that you know give back and and kind of you know relate to these to these players yeah and i like a lot of guys at the fcs level people with playing uh, with a chip on their shoulder right they were mm-hmm. bypassed by the bigger schools you know you weren't super big and uh put up massive numbers playing high school in las vegas you know ended up at san, Jose, uh, san diego state so mm-hmm. you certainly can relate in terms of guys that hey, have something to prove Oh, absolutely. Because uh, this is a this is a league where I feel like there's a lot of talent in, in the FCS. I mean, FCS is playing playing great football. And like you said, a lot of players are overlooked at this level. Like I have two backs on uh, part of my um, room that are under five, seven, you know, and, and they're hell of a players that, that, you know, they can play at any level. It's just more so being able to take advantage of that opportunity. Were you told, Donnell, when you're coming out of high school, hey, no, you, you're pretty good, you're all right, but you're just not big enough? Oh, yeah, by by many colleges. That was a big reason why uh, those Pac-12 schools kind of overlooked me. They, they thought I had the talent and, and all the above. I showcased it on my film and everything, but it was just more so that question in the back of their head, can, I, can my body be able to hold up? And um, I feel like I answered that question with, <laughs> after my, my four-year career at San Diego State. What were you looking to do? Did you think, hey, I, I could be an NFL guy, All-American all guy, if someone would give me a chance? Honestly, when I first got to college, I wasn't even really thinking of any of that. I was more so just thinking, enjoy college and, and whatever comes about, comes about. But I always had the same mindset when I did, you know, take that field. It was always a game time atmosphere for me. And, and that's kind of how I went into it. When I first got to college, I treated it like a, a game and they – they actually sit me down to scout team the first day of pads my my freshman year and and that was the only time that I was down there with the scout team because I mean our our head coach Rocky Long he's the he was the guy who caught our defense so I was going against the ones and twos every single play and you know I had eight carries to where I ended up breaking five or six of them for 40 50 yards and he was just like yeah 
send him over there. And, and <laughs> it was, it was more so like the rest was history. So that that's more so kind of the approach I try to, you know, send to my players. You got to practice good habits. You know what I'm saying? Like that, that's, that's what makes the games easier. I'm looking at your college numbers, 752 yards as a freshman. So yeah, you're, you had an impact. You're, you're all right. Then you blow up as a sophomore, 1867. Was there ever a point, you know, during that run there, you think, all right, well, not that you're going to get to 6,000, like we're going to get to in a minute, but yeah. man, I got a chance to do something really special in this game. Like maybe your confidence got taken to a new level. Oh, my confidence has always been there. If you ask anybody, my confidence has, has always been there. And I, and I honestly thought after my freshman year that I could have hit that thousand yard mark, but they didn't really, I wasn't really played until maybe week four or week five. Cause one of our starting running backs at the time, Adam Wimma, he was a guy that was supposed to get ready for, for the NFL draft that, that upcoming year. And, you know, things didn't, you know, tend to work out. So then I was able to, you know, take advantage of the opportunity and get my name out there. And really after that sophomore year, that second year, they were still kind of not sure whether, I was going to be the starter going into that, that, that spring of my second year. And, you know, I kind of just took off and, and, you know, was fortunate enough to be able to run for 1867. And then from there was just, you know, the rest was history. Yeah. 1654 as a junior, at what point did you think, all right, I'm Marshall Fox within range and maybe I could get to 6,000, you know, past Ron Dane. What's crazy is I wasn't like at that point, I didn't really think of the the yard stuff until the beginning of my senior year. And that was more so because my junior year, I had a thousand yard rusher behind me. And then even my senior year, I had a thousand yard rusher behind me. So it's like when you when you take that away, it's like I, I really think about the yards that I really could have, you know, had. But I was more so one of those guys that was, you know, trying to get other guys into the game as well. And and, it, and I felt like that helped me in many ways because it helped me stay fresh, you know, because I had a guy like Rashad Penny who who ended up being a first rounder who was behind me. And, you know, and I I wasn't going to, you know, try to give him an opportunity to come take my spot. So it was just always being available. That was the biggest thing, being available. Let me take you to one of the greatest moments of your life. Here we go. The toss to him. Can he get the edge? Gonna try, he's got it, record time! Donnell Pumphrey smashes the record! They'll take that football off the field. A 15-yard run establishes the new record. When you got Brent Musburger doing your games, you know, you're balling. <laughs> no, man, that video hit a, a whole another wavelength, just more so seeing seeing it all over again, seeing, you know, my whole family in the stands and, and all happy and, and just more so all my teammates surrounding me. Like, that 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 was just a, such a memorable moment just because of, you know, that just shows you that I couldn't have done that without all those other guys on the sidelines. So that was – that, that part or that video just that, that means a lot to me. Hey, take me into the room when you found out that you'd be playing in the Las Vegas Bowl. I mean, that you'd have a chance to do this in front of your friends and family. Yeah, when we found out that that we can play in the Las Vegas Bowl, well, we knew going into the conference championship against Josh Allen at Wyoming that we had to beat them in, in order to be able to play in the Las Vegas Bowl. And, and once we made that happen, we knew that we were going. It was just 
from that point, it was just like, yeah, this this has to happen. And and what was crazy is I started the game with maybe negative 13, negative 16 yards on my very first few carries. And, and I'm just thinking like, yeah, this isn't this this may not happen. But it was just one of those situations. Our offensive line was able to, you know, wear 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 down that D line and we were able to, you know, get a few carries, some a few explosive and, and you know, make it happen. Well, Houston was no slacker. They were third in the country in rushing defense, you know, going into yeah. that game. So for you to get over 100 even, you know, it was quite an accomplishment. Yeah, and they had a first-rounder on the D-line. Uh, Ed Oliver, they had Tyus Bowser. So they had some guys over there. Hey, you um, – I saw a great article about you as a kid. You know, you were great as a five-year-old, you know, running around. And you eventually, as a middle school, I think eighth grade, went back to San Diego. And uh, mm-hmm. there was a little bit of a rebelliousness to you at that time. You know, you're mm-hmm. all together now as a young man, but maybe as a, a young dude, you're acting a fool. <laughs> as I as I you know keep real a little bit. Hey, so what happened during that time, and what brought you back to focus you on football and getting your life together? Honestly, it was just more so at that at that stage in my life. It was I didn't know who exactly I was. Like my father wasn't you know in my life for much of my life. It was more so just my mom being a, a single parent. So I think. It was just me, you know, um, finding a way to, you know, stand out, I guess. But it, it definitely wasn't me. And and it, it kind of took for her to send me. Um, so she sent me with my dad and then I came back for eighth grade. And then she sent me to San Diego with my uncles, you know, and, and it kind of took for that moment for me to realize what, you know, that I, I miss my mom one and two that I need to, you know, um, be in control of one, my attitude, because that was the biggest thing was my attitude. You know, I felt like nothing could touch me, I guess you can say. And, you know, until she shit me off, <laughs> you know, so, and, and that just wasn't a fun feeling being away from my brothers, my mom. And, you know, so once I was able to come back for, for high school, I was, you know, ready to go. I, I, was, I joined student council, um, just start hanging out with the, the right crowd and, and, you know, everything else was able to, you know, work out for me. And, and colleges started to, you know, reach out and, and I kind of ran from there. As you start your coaching career, I'm looking back at um, something that Hunky Cooper told Jeff Horton. He says, quote, on everything I stand for as a man, not just as a football coach and a former player of yours, like a son, this kid's the real deal. Mm-hmm. You know, Hunky was going to bat for you. Uh, yeah. What does that man meant to your life? Oh, uh, Coach Coop, he's he's been everything to me. That's I mean, he's literally been the the father figure to me. You know, he taught me how to to want to be a man, but also to, you know, be a father and and take care of yours. You know, Um, to this day, I talk to him pretty much every week. I'm best friends with with his son, who's also here coaching with me. So, you know, that like I said, Coach Coop, he he means a lot to me. Did you see video of him back in the day? He was a great arena football league player. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've seen a lot of videos and that's how humble that that man is like he doesn't talk about himself and what he did he kind of lets he he brings you around people and, and those are the people that you know speak very highly of him so yeah that's that's always one of those guys that I always you know tried to you know follow his steps we are showing one of the great playing moments of your life another one that changed you forever november 2nd 2012 you became a dad young man malia born that day and i've talked to a lot of pro guys you know how that's changed them how you you play for something more than yourself that you know you're not uh focused on you that you have something bigger mm-hmm. and something more important 
how did that impact you? And obviously you're a father of three now, so uh, yeah. it's changing in a big way. Yeah, oh, it's impacted me tremendously, just more so because I was 17 at the time, you know, and, and just hearing those news that I was going to be a, a father at first, I didn't know how to handle that. So it was like one of those things I was kind of running from it, didn't, you know, didn't want to share with my parents. And then that time came down to where I shared it with them. Obviously, they were upset at the time just because I was young and I didn't know what I was doing and, and all the above. But once once Malia was born, it was it, that, that stuff changed my life. It was more so everything was now for her, not just for myself. And, and she was born on senior night of my senior year. And, you know, it's one of those things when you're at the high school level where you have to be in class in order to, you know, be able to play in the game. And so we were kind of playing it by ear all game or all all day at school. And Coach Cooper was just basically saying, like, whenever you get that call, like, I'll, you know, take you to the to the hospital. And that call didn't come about until the first play of kickoff. And I literally got injured the very first play of the game, had a high ankle spring and, and Coach Cooper ran me right over to the hospital. And, and, you know, I was able to, I was fortunate enough to, you know, be able to be there when, when Malia was born and, you know, that changed my life forever, you know, and, and I kind of held that chip on my shoulder going into college. Cause I also knew that like, you know, I had to, you know, you know be able to support her somehow, some way. And, and, and football was that way. I got to show you some family pics, an old family album I put together for you. I mean, she's the first of three, but you have uh, Malia Malik, I believe, right? It's your son. Yes, Malik. And little Nelly. Yep, Donnell Pumphrey III. Oh, man. The, the smile just lights up the room. Uh, they're the first one, obviously. So uh, she's got a smile just like yours. And obviously, you're you know leaving an impact. You know, Being a great dad has got to be, obviously, a... Uh, priority for you it, it's pretty cool and you're only 28 yeah only 28 but i'm i think i'm done with with kids now <laughs> I I was gonna ask, i'm gonna ask you if you got more in you yeah no, I, i'm done with with the three those three are are definitely my my life and and you know the reason why i do everything that i do to this day you Fair know and I'm, I'm just happy that i got a girl and now i got you know two boys so yeah, yeah i'm done with that <laughs> do they like football What's crazy is Malia, she used she used to love football growing up. Like she was the one going to all my games and, and all that type of stuff. Then Malik, who he's also the same age, he he hasn't really been into football, but was more so into, you know, basketball and soccer. But more recently, like now he's starting to search me up and understand like what I did within the game. And, and now he's kind of, you know, falling in love with the sport. So. So we'll see how that goes. I mean, I'm I'm never going to force it on him to, you know, play sports, but it's more so whatever he wants to do. And then my little one, he's he's obviously one years old, but I mean, right now he's learning to throw. Like he's been throwing the football, throwing the basketball and stuff. So, you know, I think sports are definitely going to be what what my little my youngest one does for sure. Hey, after your great uh, college career, this is a moment that guys dream of. So you. Uh, getting a chance to be taken in the NFL. With the 132nd pick in the, in the 2017 NFL Draft, the Philadelphia Eagles select Donnell Pumphrey, running back San Diego State. Where were you that night? I was actually at my, my Auntie Cookie's house down in San Diego. I had the whole family there. 
So it was it was it was a cool, very cool moment. And just watching that, it's it's unreal just because of um Alshon Jeffries was was on stage with with the uh, young guy that, that was able to announce it. And me and Alshon got pretty close when I was down in Philly. So it was, it was pretty cool, a cool moment. Hey, not many people in life get to have the highs that you have, you know, professionally or in life. And also lows too. You had some frustration, you know, as a professional, even the XFL, you know, goes away for you when you're, you're playing for DC. Was that maybe like your sign for you saying, man, I don't want to do this anymore? Absolutely. Because I knew – I knew I could still play, but it was just more so constantly chasing that dream and and constantly, you know, having those lows when it came to the professional level. And and, and I felt like it was just more so I wasn't, you know, given certain opportunities when I was in the NFL and 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 I was OK with that. You know, it was just more so I'm just going to take this second st- or go back to school and, you know, finish my degree and then, you know get into coaching. Cause I knew, I knew I wanted to be around the foot around football. It was just more so when, when that was going to happen. And once the XFL and COVID happened, I knew that that was exactly when that moment was going to come. How did uh, an experience like that shape you, you know, who do you turn to when, you know, maybe you're at a low point in terms of your professional career before you made that shift to coaching? Well, I definitely looked for my sport from uh, my lady Taylor. She's, she's been there. She's been the rock for me from since day one. Um, she sacrificed so much for me, and I kind of, you know, leaned on her to, you know, have advice as well as I leaned on other professional guys that I played with and, and kind of just got advice from them. And, you know, Darren Sproles, who I trained with in the offseason, one of the guys that I was mentored by, he was the reason why I was drafted to the Eagles because they wanted me to replace him. But, um, you know, just, you know, getting advice from him and him, like, telling the real on – on man it's not where you start it's, at the end of the day it's where you finish like he he wanted me to keep you know chasing the dream but he also understood like can't chase it forever you got to have some sort of income coming in as well too so that was a big part of it hey what were the workouts like i saw a great story about him putting you through a workout that would make you throw up you know, so what what was involved in that so it was one of those workouts to where it's like a, a big circuit type of situation and it was a 10 round type deal and by the time we got to round eight I was already dead and and usually during a water break you got water you're taking your little walks to try to get some air this dude Sproles was like getting on the trend like on the incline treadmill running full speed so as a young athlete you're trying to you know pursue what he's doing and chase chase him hit chase his greatness you try to do the exact same thing he does and man, after that workout, oh, I was I was done. I was, you know, throwing up chunks. <laughs> How long did it take you to decide? Hey, I still want to be involved in football. I want to coach. Oh, I knew right off, right off rip. Because when I was with the Eagles, um, Deuce Staley was my running back coach, and he always, you know, labeled me as you know one of the smarter backs in the room. And you know, they would always like the, some of the players would always look for me to be the guy to answer some of the questions. So I was always really football savvy and. And really just understood the game from the offensive side to the defensive side. So I just, you know, I knew I wanted to definitely be be in football. And and I knew once COVID happened, I was going to get into that. And then I ended up coaching at the high school level for a year. And that kind of, you know, brought the love of the game back for me. And then I was fortunate enough to be able to get a call from San Diego State to to be a grad assistant um, last year. And and I ended up working with the defensive side of the ball and um, 
my the coach who I was under was Demetrius Sumler, who's the cornerbacks coach, which he was a GA when I was playing at San Diego State. So it was just, you know, everything meant everything went hand in hand, I'd say. How'd you get hooked up with Sac State? Um, well, Coach Coop's son actually, you know, reached out to me and asked if I was, you know, interested in in the Sac State job. And at first I didn't I was still not sure of, you know, what I wanted to do, but I think also, some of that was just, you know, being scared because I didn't know what was next. I hadn't been a position coach. I hadn't been out of San Diego in a while. But I, I'm glad that I, I did, you know, take the interview. And I'm glad that I did accept the job because now I'm surrounded by by other great coaches around around town. And, and I see what they're doing. I see what Andy's doing with the program. And, you know, it's, it's something that I definitely I'm glad that I'm part of because we have a hell of a team and hell of a coaches that were around and you know, just the community overall in Sacramento. I mean, I'm, I'm loving it here. Hey, Andy told me when he went down to San Diego, I think recruiting you around there too with him, that he said, I was walking around town with Elvis. Like nobody <laughs> wanted to talk. Nobody <laughs> wanted to talk to me, but they, they knew that you were the man. Oh, yeah. San Diego is definitely, that's that's my city. I mean, and that's why they, you know, they, they gave me that city to recruit. And, and I feel like we can, you know, build a great pipeline because there's great football down in San Diego. It's just in San Diego state hasn't been able to get those guys because those guys tend to try to go to the bigger schools. But I think with the way things are now with the whole transfer portal thing, I think a lot of those guys will tend to end up at schools like us here at Sac state. What are the things that you're learning now at this level um, as a position coach? Because I know at one point you want to be an offensive coordinator. Yeah, eventually I do want to uh, become an offensive corner. But more so at this FCS level, I learned that the refs, you know, they they allow guys to, to really play. You know, they're not going to call the handsy penalties when the ball's in the air. They're really going to let guys play. And, and that's what I actually like the most because that, that kind of reminds me of, you know, the old the old days. And that's kind of why I, you know, grown to love football is, is by letting guys play, letting guys compete, you know, just because – at the FBS level, I feel like they, you know, they're calling every single thing, you know, but, and also what I've learned is just, you know, how to, how to be a coach here. That's, that's what they've kind of, you know, been grooming me into, to hear just, you know, learning, learning how to be a pro when it comes to being a coach. I know coach Thompson, a lot of his philosophy involves around love, you know, previously with the Troy Taylor thing, building a foundation of love and accountability. Mm -hmm. Um, is that something that you're used to in terms of what you've been involved in and, and, and what do you bring to the table in that regard? Oh, that's, that's what I've been around my pretty much my whole life. I mean, um, coach Coop, he, he pretty much um, held us to, to account, to be accountable at all times. I mean, if you had a D you're going to be on D Hill <laughs> rolling around and, and doing stuff like that. So I kind of try to, you know, coach my guys up and, and kind of try to be hard on them so that they can, you know, be able to one, hold themselves accountable, but, to hold their their teammates accountable because that's that's how you become part of championship teams by holding each other accountable, not just worried about the meat. You know what I'm saying? Like, and and that, that I think that was a, a big big vocal point on what what Andy's trying to do is in, as well as trying to show these guys that we do truly care about them. You know, I think that goes a long way. Hey, as far as this year's team. Uh, in announcing it last week. And that was a heck of a game with Northern Arizona. And we saw what they did with Weber State on the road. So that's a team that's coming up and mm -hmm. going places. That buy, I think, came at the right time for you guys, right? In terms of being battered, beaten up, and maybe getting to, right. 
get healthy, refocus, and get ready for that home stretch. Oh, absolutely. I think that I think NAU is a a very solid team. Uh, definitely so much better than than what I've known them to be because I actually played against Andy when down in 2014, my sophomore year. So I, I know how they were then, and I see how they are now. They've they gotten better so much more. But yeah, that bye week came at a perfect time, if you ask me, because I mean now we're gonna get some of our our, our, our starters back and, and and now it's that second half of the season and, and hopefully we can you know hit it fast and, and strong and, and and get ready to, for a championship run in previous years in sacramento it would be maybe we could compete for the big sky and make the playoffs but if you're around guys like mark or or coach thompson hey we want to be in the mix to win the national championship absolutely and, and national- the bar has been raised about what the hornets are about Absolutely. And we try to say this every single time. The standard is the standard. You know, you guys have already done the big sky thing three, three years. You know, we want to be able to be one of those teams that that gets on the national gets national recognition and, you know, hopefully win a national championship. That's that's kind of where our bar set at. And and we think that we have the guys to be able to do it. You know, it's just more so we got to continue to believe in ourselves and, and and take a take one game at a time and, and not look past. Uh, these big sky teams because there's there's a lot of good opponents in the big sky that, that a lot of teams look look past and, and that's how you're in, you end up getting beat hey i want to make sure that i give everybody a shout out as we wind it down we got the coaches we got you know coach long and hunky we got to mention your mom a little bit mama gina so mm-hmm. let's uh give her some love about everything she's done for you to get you into a place where you are in your life Oh yeah, my mom has done everything for me since I was since I was a kid. Um, she raised me and my two brothers um, all by herself, and and she's she's been she's go to every single game of mine. You know, um, she's the whole reason why um, I would have a three or higher when it came to school. To the point where once I got to high school, I was at a three point eight. To the point where she didn't even have to tell me to do homework. She's the whole reason for all that, and and she's a hell of a a grandmother. To, to my kids as well, as well as my brother's kids. I mean, now she's she's living and enjoying life. She's about to get married this January. So I'm, I'm just super proud and happy to, to see the, one, the woman that she's become, but also the, the mom and, and grandmother that she is. See, Mama Gina, I got you. <laughs> I got you. You should be proud of your guy. Hey, man, you're good at this. I hope that uh, we get a chance to visit again uh, on and off camera. And uh, you're a tremendous addition to Sacramento State. Thank you. I appreciate that. And I'd happy to join any time. The all-time leading rusher in FBS, Donnell Pumphrey. Appreciate your time, player.